Daim Karenu. We're going to start with the blowing of the shofar. Customer, to please rise. One fifty. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Okay, we're ready to start the uh, the parsha. Open up your to the portion of Kitavai. Okay, excellent, Rivka. Thank you, Kisavo. Ten sixty-eight, ten sixty-nine. Here, go ahead. No, I'll get another one. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Start. Bahaya. The land that Hashem your God gives you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take of the first of every fruit of the ground that you bring in from your land that Hashem your God gives you, and you shall oh put God. it in a basket and go to the place that Hashem your God will choose to make his name rest there. You shall come to whoever will be the Kohen in those days, and you shall say to him, I declare today to Hashem, your God, that I have come to the land that Hashem swore to our forefathers to give us. The Kohen shall take the basket from your hands and lay it before the altar of Hashem, your God. Then you shall call out and say before Hashem, your God, an Armenian tried to destroy my forefather. He descended to Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, strong, and numerous. The Egyptians mistreated us and afflicted us and placed hard work upon us. Then we cried out to Hashem, the God of our forefathers, and Hashem heard our voice and saw our affliction, our travail, and our oppression. Hashem took us out of Egypt with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, with great awesomeness, and with signs and um, with wonders. And with Shall lay it before Hashem your God, and you shall prostrate, prostrate yourself before Hashem your God. 
You shall rejoice with all the goodness that Hashem your God has given you and your household, you and the Levite and the proselyte verse number 12 when you have finished tithing every tithe of the produce in the third year the year of the tithe you shall give to the Levite to the proselyte, to the orphan and to the widow and they shall eat in your cities and be satisfied then you shall say before Hashem your God I have removed the holy things from the house and I have also given it to the Levite, the proselyte the orphan, the widow and the widow according to all the commandments you commanded me I have not transgressed any of your commandments, and I have not forgotten. I have not eaten of it in my intense mourning. I did not consume it in a state of contamination, and I did not give of it for the needs of the dead. I have hearkened to the voice of Hashem, my God. I have acted according to everything you commanded me. Gaze down from your holy abode, from the heavens, and bless your people Israel and the ground that you gave us, as, as you swore to our forefathers, a land flowing with, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I, mi I missed part of it? No. Okay. no. A land flowing with milk and honey. Keep going, Eric? Yeah. This day Hashem your God commands you to perform these decrees and the statutes, and you shall observe and perform them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have distinguished Hashem today to be a God for you, and to walk in His ways, and to observe his decrees, his commandments, and his statutes, and to hearken to his voice. And Hashem has distinguished you today to be for him a treasured people as he spoke to you, and to observe all his commandments. Oh. <laughs> and to make you supreme over all the nations that he made for praise, for renown, and for splendor, and so that you will be given hope. Be a holy people to Hashem your God as you spoke. Okay, stop right over there. The portion of uh, Kitavai is read always in the week and the month of Elul and many times in the week of Chai Elul, which is the birthday of the Alter Rebbe and the Balshemtov. The Balshemtov is the father of. Hasidus in general, and Al Rebbe is the father of Hasidus Chabad. We'll soon discuss the two differences in the parsha. But to understand the meaning of Chayelul, it's important to know that from now until Rosh Hashanah we have exactly twelve days. Chay is the eighteenth, and Rosh Hashanah is the first of the new month. We have eighteen days from now until Rosh Hashanah, and this is a benchmark. Because it reminds us, it reminds us that we have twelve days left, and therefore we we calculate one day of the month for one month of the year. One day of the month for one month of the year. In other words, over the next twelve days, we we do tshuva. We remember and we fix the past year, and we resolve to make this year a better year. So today is really the month of Tishrei. Today is last year Rosh Hashanah. And we ask ourselves, for example, last year Rosh Hashanah, did I go to shul? Did I dive in properly? Did I eat enough before Yom Kippur? Did I really do enough tshuva? 
Did I buy a nice, uh, nice loven eshri? Did I eat in the sukkah? Did I, uh, did I rejoice enough? Did I say enough l'chayim on, on Simchas Torah? These are things you have to think about on this day of Chayelu. And for this year, what am I going to do? What are my plans? Who am I going to invite to my house? How am I going to make other people also joyous in this holiday? And this is the way we do tshuva. We fix the last year and we resolve to make this year even a better year. That's Chayelu. Tomorrow is Yutes El. We think about Cheshvin. What did I do last year, Cheshvin? After the holidays. How did I celebrate that month? Did I study more Torah? Did I give more tzedakah? Did I go on a vacation? When I went on vacation, did I, make, did I make sure I ate kosher food? All these things we have to think about. What we did last year and what we're going to do this year. Then Chaf Elul is Kislev. Kislev is the, the month of Hanukkah. Did I have enough candles last year? Did my oil burn long enough last year? Did I give out enough Hanukkah gold last year? Did I give enough Hanukkah presents? Did I give my spouse a nice Hanukkah present last year? My kids? What did I do, Hanukkah? And then you go on to Tevis, all the months of the year. So this is now a very, very focused, focused transformation over the next 12 days. You know exactly what you have to do. The first part of the month, well, in general, you thought about last year. In general, you thought about this year. Now, there's no excuses. You are able to simply dissect every part of the year. Spend five, ten minutes a day. And you'll make your life more meaningful. And this year, more meaningful. And most importantly, it's not about being reactive. It's about being proactive. It's not about, oh, I feel guilty. Now I feel so guilty. Okay, God, you're going to forgive me. God doesn't like this guilt, okay? It's not a Jewish thing. We have to be proactive. <laughs> Guilt is not a Jewish thing. I said it a second time. Okay? It's about being proactive. Yes, I feel bad, and now I'm going to do something. But to sit and sit in your misery, a welter in your kvetching, this is definitely not a Jewish philosophy. You have to use this guilt or this, or this uh, mistake as a catapult to push you out of it and to slingshot out of your present location, and to be much more, much more productive for the year to come. Okay, with that said, we now move on to the Pasha, V'hoya Kisavoy. V'hoya Kisavoy Eloretz. It shall be, when you enter into the land, that Hashem gave you, yet even though He gave it to you as a gift, still no you will have to possess it. You're going to have to fight wars. And then you're going to dwell in it. It means you're going to divide it according to tribes. And each person, each family will receive their piece of land in the land of Israel. After this, and you have your own beautiful field, your vineyard, and you have your, your fig trees, what are you going to do? You're going to take from the first fruits and you're going to bring it up to Jerusalem, to the Holy Temple, in a basket and thank God. And you're going to thank God for all the wealth, for all His kindness, for, for the produce that your land has produced. The Rambam details how beautiful this was that they would go up together from town to town. They would stand at the gates of each town and the entire town would come out and they would bring their cows, and on the cows they would put the baskets, and on top of the baskets, they would have two doves tied to the basket, and the dove would be flying together with the baskets. 
And in the baskets, they had all seven fruits, which Israel was praised with. And they, the Ramam goes on to tell you which goes on the bottom, which goes on the side, which goes on top. He's teaching you how to package, you know, your, your, your fruits. You go today to a uh, supermarket, they don't know how to package fruits. On the bottom, they put the tomatoes. On top, they put 10 pounds of laundry detergent on top of the tomatoes. You buy potatoes, they put on the, tor- the, ter- the, the, the detergent on top of potatoes. You come home, you have mashed potatoes. So the Torah says, no, put the heavy fruit on bottom and the grapes on top and make it look beautiful. And then on top of everything, you'll have the two doves who are flapping their wings and you go up to the Holy Temple and the Kohen receives it and brings it and brings it to the corner of the altar and everybody's singing. The people are going up are singing and the Kohanim are singing and the Levites are singing. Everybody's singing and playing musical instruments. It's a very, very joyous, joyous occasion. Which leads us to the introduction okay, and the... Wait, wait, wait. When does this, what time of year is this? It's between uh, around Shavuot's time. Oh, it around is? Shavuot's time, okay. yeah. And when they come to the Holy Temple in this joyous occasion, the Torah uses the word here, the opening word of the, of the parsha, Vahoya. Vahoya says the Talmud that the word Vahoya is a symbol and a word of joy, of happiness. Whenever it says Vahoya, it has to mean a joyous occasion. So can it be more of a joyous occasion than a person who is able to share his wealth with others and to acknowledge his wealth before God? This Vahoya is truly a joyous occasion. So this Vahoya makes a lot of sense. But we have another Vahoya that doesn't make so much sense. The Gemara also says Vahoya, as the Sefri tells us, the word vahoya means miyad, immediately. When it says vahoya, it means right away. In other words, vahoya, right away. Kisava, Yelahadis, we go to the land of Israel. Right away, you should bring the fruit up to the temple. Now, how could it be right away? If I first come into the land, I first have to conquer the land. And then we have to first divide the land. As the Gemara says, it actually took 14 years for this mitzvah to start. Because they took seven years to conquer the land, seven years to divide the land amongst all the tribes. Only then, when everybody had their parcel of land, did they begin with the mitzvah of Bikurim. So we have now a contradiction between the first part of the Pasuk and the last part of the Pasuk. The first part says, Vahoya, right away, miyad, immediately, when you come into the land, you have to bring the Bikurim to God. Yet, the end of the Pasuk says, you have to first conquer it, and then you have to dwell in it. So how do we understand this? So, perhaps we can say that Vahoya Kisavayaladets is a period, not a comma. In other words, immediately you shall go into the land. Period. The Torah is telling us, don't wait any longer. You're 40 years in the desert. It's time to go right now into the land. Don't procrastinate it anymore. Don't say, we'll go maybe next year, two years from now, we'll plan a trip to Israel. No. Vahoya, right away now, plan the trip. Right away, all the Jewish people are to go into the land of Israel. 
But this would seem to be a bit redundant because for 40 years they were already wandering in the desert. They were sick and tired of the desert. They all wanted to go into the land of Israel. They were standing there now at the, the border, at the Jordan, at Jericho. They're ready to come in. So it's difficult to say, Vahoya means right away. Another approach is Vahoya, right away, what should you do? You should right away fight the wars and right away divide the land. Don't, you know, go to Israel and like hang out and hike and go do the, the entire, you know, tourist attraction thing like Eilat and the beaches and Tel Aviv. No, don't do that. <laughs> the first thing you should do is right away you should conquer the land and you should divide the land. Right away don't push off it this for a later time. However, even though this makes a lot of sense, but it still lacks the context of the entire chapter, which is talking about the mitzvah bikurim. Mm -hmm. So it would make more sense, and it would be more logical to say that Vahoya, right away, when you come into the land and you divide it, then you shall immediately take from the first fruit. But if that is the case, it's not immediately anymore. It's already... 14 years, so it's not so immediate. It's like saying, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. What's the Mazel Tov? Oh, my, my wife had a baby boy. Oh, you had a baby boy? Right away, get ready for the Bar Mitzvah. Huh? That's 13, 14 years from now. Hey, right away, you got to do it. You got to rent the hall. You got to get a caterer. You got to get him a bow tie and a suit and shoes. What do you mean? I don't know what size he is. What do you mean, shoes? Is he a big kid or a small kid? Is he a big eater or a small eater? Does he like ice cream and pizza or does he like hot dogs? <laughs> I don't know what he wants. But it says after you possess it and dwell in it. That means after you Who says it? Written the first sentence. You're cheating now, but you're looking inside. <laughs> no. So there are two opinions. Oh, so <laughs> we're going to start today with two. We're going to start today with two. <clears throat> so this is the point. There seems to be two opinions over here. The Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud says, and then Ashi brings it down, that you should come into the land of Israel and then you will conquer it and divide it, and that will be 14 years. But from the Sifri, who translates Vahoya immediately, Miyad, we must say there's another interpretation here. And we cannot say Miyad means right after 14 years because it's not after 14 years. When I say now, I mean now. I don't mean tomorrow. I don't mean after 10 years. I don't mean after 14 years. I don't mean after six months. Vahoya means now. Like, I want a coffee now. Not like, oh, I'll get you a coffee. I'll see you in 14 years. I'll bring you a nice hot coffee. I'll be dead by then. I'm living forever, but I don't mean me. I mean in general. It's a, for, it's a figure of speech. We don't talk about death here. Anyway... <clears throat> So what does it mean, Vahoya, Vahoya, right away you should bring the Mitzvah of Bikurim? So there are two ways to understand this Mitzvah. One is that the Mitzvah is a community Mitzvah. And number two is that the Mitzvah is an individual Mitzvah. Is it a Mitzvah upon the congregation or is it a Mitzvah upon the individual? According to the simple interpretation, like you mentioned, according to the Yishalmi, according to Rashi, it seems that this is a community mitzvah. 
And therefore, we come into the land of Israel, we conquer the land, it takes seven years to divide the land. But seven years means there are people getting the land in year one, people getting the land year two, people getting the land year three. When I get my land year one, do I have to bring the Kurim, the first fruit, even though I have my field and I already have my pomegranates, my, my dates, my figs, my, my grapes, my, my wheat and my barley, and my olives, the seven fruits, or do I have to wait till all the Jewish people have their land and then I bring it? According to the Yerushalmi, according to the Jerusalem Talmud, we take it literally. You have to first conquer it, and then you have to divide it. That's the meaning of Yeshafta. You'll dwell in it. Every single Jew has to have their piece of land. It's a communal mitzvah. According to the Sifri, it's not a communal mitzvah. It's an individual mitzvah. It's right away. And we can understand this on two levels. Why does it mean right away? The moment I get your land... The moment you have your land, the moment I give you your land, that's when you have to do Bikurim. It could take a year, it could take two years, it could take five years, it could take seven years, but the mitzvah is upon me as an individual. Now, so it would come out, practically speaking, that the first Jew was able to bring Bikurim after eight years, not after 14 years, because it's seven years of conquering. So I get into the land, it takes a few months, I gotta, you know, first plow, and I gotta sow, I gotta put some fertilizer in there, I need some cows. And then finally, I have my grapes. Okay, I can do the mitzvah. And just to mention that, that even though the Torah says you shall bring it to Jerusalem, but really, even before Jerusalem, any bummer, in those days they were able to bring sacrifices on a, on a rock. Would be, that would be the way to bring the Bukurim. But it's not important how to, how, about the details right now. But even according to this interpretation, that it becomes an individual mitzvah, it's still eight years. So if I say, I need a coffee right away, I really need it, and you come back eight years later, keep the coffee. It's very cold in eight years. It's going to be very cold, and I might even have different things growing out of it, like grapes. Well, let me give you a few minutes. Now, so how do we understand the idea of miyad to mean literally right away? So we can say as follows. And there are two approaches here also. One is that the mitzvah falls upon the person immediately. But what can I do? I don't have land yet. So it took me eight years. But if I had the land technically after one year, I'd bring it after one year also. There's an expression in the Gemara that says, Ari, What could I do? There was an Ari, there was a lion at the door. I wanted to go in right away. I had to wait till the lion left, but I was ready to go in right away. I was ready to bring Bikurim the moment I entered into the land of Israel. What could I do? I had no land. I needed a parcel of land to do it. So, so in concept, it's an individual mitzvah. It's upon me right away, the first opportunity. But in truth, practically speaking, it could happen right away also. And that is we find that the tribe of Yisroi, which was the Kani, the Kenites, the father-in-law of Moses, he went back and he converted his entire city. And Moses said, stay with us. It's going to be good for you. Why? Because we're going to give you a piece of the rock. We're going to give you a parcel of land. The tribe of Yisroi, or the Canaanites, received the first ones 
right when they came over the Jordan, when they came into Jericho, right away the first piece of land was given immediately to the tribe of the Canaanites. They didn't have to wait for the whole land to be fought and conquered and divided. Moses said, I'm going to do good for you. You come with us, we take care of you. You do for me, I do for you. Chick chak, no problem. One hand washes the other. So Yisrael decided to stay with Moses. His children stayed with Moses. They immediately received the inheritance once they came into the land of Israel, miyad right away. Therefore, practically speaking, they were able to bring Bikurim the first year when they came into Jericho that was given to the Canaanites, to the children of Yisrael who was the father-in-law of Moses. It's always good to know the boss. It's always good. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And we know that. Okay. Now, this is very nice theoretically. Why? Because practically, the halacha can only be like one person. You can't have two people giving two different opinions and the halacha is like both of them. It's either right away, it's in the individual mitzvah, or it's a communal mitzvah. It's either the first year or it's the 14th year. It's like when you come to the light of menorah on Hanukkah, you have a machlokes, right? An argument. The Beishamay and Beishilal. Hillel says the first night you light one, second night you light two. Shamay says the first night you light eight, <coughs> second night you light seven. Talacha can only be like one person. You can't do it both ways. You either do it this way, or you do it that way. <coughs> the halacha is, as we see here in the Chumash and the commentaries explain, that practically speaking, v'hayek yisavayel aretz was a mitzvah on the community, not on the individual. And practically speaking, it started 14 years after they came into the land of Israel. If that's the case, why all of this talk and discussion about the other opinion and, and proving how it's possible and how, how we understand it in the Pasuk, if practically speaking, the opinion is that we follow the second opinion of the Yashalmi, which is 14 years after they came into the land of Israel. And the answer is that this opinion and that opinion are both the opinion of the living God. Besides the fact that they have truth, and therefore it's worthy of discussion, there is a way to implement that mitzvah and that opinion on a spiritual level. And therefore we have to find a way that it becomes practical, even if we don't necessarily bring the fruit. And today, more than ever, when we're not living in Israel, yet, Mashiach should come today, God willing, we will, and, and we don't have yet the mitzvah of the first fruit and the base of Mikdash. So for sure, this mitzvah takes on a whole new plane, a whole new reality on a spiritual level, and surely we can find both of these opinions to be correct. And then connect this with uh, Chai Elul, which is the birthday of the, tra- the two great luminaries, the Rav Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe. And the way we understand it is very simple. It's very, very simple. And that is something that is so simple that most of us, unfortunately, take for granted. And most of us, and, and I included, overlook. And that is the importance of saying thank you. And that is the importance of acknowledging another person who did something kind to you. This is the mitzvah of Bikurim. The Torah says, if God gave you a piece of land, 
He gave you a house that has a roof. And he gave you food to eat. And he produced all this delicious produce. You have to take out a day and go up to the temple and acknowledge and thank and, and rejoice. Rejoice. Acknowledgement means to also rejoice in the gift and in the bounty. And make other people also rejoice. You should be happy and make other people happy. If you're happy alone, that's not called simcha. Oh, I'm making a wedding for myself, but no one's invited. I'm making a big bar mitzvah, a lot of food, but no one's allowed to come. That's about mitzvah. Who are you going to dance with? Yourself? That's not simcha. When you simcha, when you're joyous, you have to express it with other people. The rest is not uh, joyous. The more people, the more joy. So this is the way you say thank you. But there are two levels of thank you. There's a thank you miyad immediately, and there's a, a, a thank you 14 years later. And we have this every single day in our life. You get up in the morning. Before you even say good morning, dear, you right away say, Thank you, God, for giving me back my soul. This is Miyad, right away. When you come back to this world, you enter into this world, Miyad right away, before anything else, even before brushing your teeth, before washing Negolasa. Thank you, God, you gave me back my soul. Because I know that today there are many people who did not get up. I got up. Why? Not because I'm better. Not because I'm smarter. Not because I'm stronger. There are plenty of better people than me and stronger people than me and, and, and more worthy people than me who didn't get up this morning. So thank you, God. As our president here in the shul says, Steve Rosen, I'm vertical. Baruch Hashem, I'm vertical, it's already a thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So, Dani, you sit up in your bed, and we do we practice it over here, you put your hands together, and you say, Dani. But this is a short Dani. This is a, sh- a short thank you. It's a thank you that I didn't really put too much thought into, I didn't elaborate, and I didn't really internalize it. But it's really thank you very much. So, that's a quick thank you. Then I, I get up, I wash my hands, I brush my teeth, I have my coffee, and I have maybe some scrambled eggs. And then I, I, my mind is starting to work a little bit, and now I start to daven. So, I do the Amida, I do 18 blessings, and the end of as we said today, that the righteous will acknowledge God. Yeshvu means to sit in a, in a, in a more elaborate and a more detailed and internalized way and these are two ways of saying thank you it's a quick thank you miyad right away and then there's one that 14 years later by the way 14 years ago I happened to be hungry and you invited me to your house you don't know you saved my life I can't tell you it's unbelievable but every single day we have to thank God in a short way and a long way the moidani and then an elaborate way now again, people have more time, they can dive in longer, you're more articulate, you can speak longer, but every day we have this double thank you. And it starts with God, but of course it has to trickle down to people, human beings. Someone did something, opened the door for you, someone gave you a check, someone gave you a smile, someone gave you a hug, someone gave you a, a kiss. Thank you. We can't take things for granted. We're living today in a world of entitlement. 
You know who I am? No. You don't know who I am? No, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and, therefore, and therefore, we have to say thank you. And again, there's something which is so easily overlooked. And we take it for granted. So comes the month of Elul, the end of the year, a time of tshuva, a time of introspection, a time when we have to you know, fix what we did the past year. You have to ask yourself, who do I owe a thank you to? From, from last Tishrei, from Rosh Hashanah till now, I'm sure a few people did something nice for me. I didn't say thank you to them. Maybe I thought I said a thank you, maybe they think I said a thank you, but I know I didn't do the proper thank you. Maybe the first one I did, like the Miyan, right? Thank you. But then, just to you know, say a nice word, I want to thank you, this and that, because uh, you're the only person who knew I needed this, or, or thank you, but simply because uh, I, at that moment I really could have used that hug and you really lifted me up, or thank you for that, you know, Shadal Lachayim when I was down, whatever it is. It's a time that we have to go and realize and thank and acknowledge God and people for all the kindness they have done to us. When God sees, they say, hey, this guy's a mensch. You know, I gave him 365 years and maybe acknowledged me like twice throughout the whole year, even though I give him like 24 hours a day and, and I give him, you know, plenty of breaths every hour. We have a doctor here will tell us how many times you breathe per minute. <laughs> but every breath, every breath is a, is a, is a mitzvah. Every, every breath is a gift. Every breath is a thank you. How do we connect this with Chayelul? Same idea. Chayelul literally means to bring a new life into Elul. A new infusion into the, the service of, of tshuva, into the service of returning to God. But more generally, what was the innovation of the Baal Shem Tov and more generally, what was the innovation of the Alter Rebbe? It was the difference between the Modani when you first get up or the Amida after you get up. The Baal Shem Tov introduced the idea of a Munah, of faith to God. In that time, historically, the Jewish people were in a very, very terrible low. They were in a state of melancholy after tremendous massacres in 1649 and 48, 48 and 49, called Tachtat. And for, for, for those 50 years, the Jews were in a state of a tremendous depression, feeling that nobody was there to take care of them and watch over them and to, to help them. He came along to Hashem Tov on the scene and he said, no, God is with every single person and loves every Jew and, and cares about every Jew and watches over every Jew. And he lifted up the spirits of the entire Jewish nation. That's why he was called Yisrael. Yisrael is the name of every Jew. When a person is in a state of faint and you call them by the name, they wake up. So he woke up the Jewish people from this depression. And he said, every Jew has a purpose. Not only the, 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 the elite, the Torah scholars, but every single person, every man, woman, and child can make a difference in the world. One mitzvah can change the whole world. And this was what Baal Shem Tov accomplished. He used to walk around to, 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 to the shuk, to different, to different marketplaces, to different synagogues where, where the poor people were... were, were, were hanging out, and he would stand up on a milk box, and he would start preaching and tell stories and simply give them purpose and give them inspiration. But that was the Baal Shem Tov. It was a very quick one-two jab. It was a Moidani Lofanecha. The Alter Rebbe took this idea and brought it down into Chabad. 
Chabad means Chokhmah bin Adas. Conceptually, he internalized it through understanding and knowledge. Tremendous deliberation, tremendous articulation to elaborate on each detail the Baal Shem Tov said in, in two or three lines that the Rebbe would say in three or four pages. Both of them were to arouse the love of every Jew to God. Both of them was to, to reveal the, the latent amuna of faith that every Jew possesses. But the Baal Shem Tov was the Moidani. Let's get up. Put your hands together. Thank, say thank you. Miyad, right away. Baal Shem Tov introduced that immediately. Al-Tarebbe says, hold on, 14 years later, we got to do more. Now it's about, we conquered, we divided, we went through the details. It's not simply, Moidani is not enough. We have to articulate this faith and it has to internalize, not only in the, in the, in the mind on, on a superficial level, but it has to pervade every aspect of our body and our actions and our speech and our walk and our sleep. Everything we do has to be totally permeated and inculcated with this amuna, with this faith and love for God. So this is v'hoi kisava That we enter into the land. What does land mean? Says the Baal Shem Tov. Land means to run and land means a desire. And God will give us a gift. It's a gift to have a desire a desire to run and to connect with God, then we have to take this, which is the Alter Rebbe, not only to have the inspiration, but also have the elaboration to, to truly internalize through meditation and through action all of these beautiful things. So, to wish everybody a, a happy Chai Elul. We should truly be rejuvenated now. So, to, to take the Tshuva and turn it up one more notch, to upgrade this, this excitement of the new year by, by, by truly repairing the, the, the mistakes of the past, but more importantly, not to focus on the past. More importantly, to focus on the future, to be proactive rather than reactive, and simply make our life more meaningful and to do whatever we can to make the world a, a beautiful place and a garden where God desires to dwell and to wish everybody a Ksivak Sumtevish on Tevim Sukkah to be written and inscribed for a happy, healthy, sweet new year.